Saudi Arabia had such an eventful week that two days after both Abha Airport and King Khaled military base were targeted inside the kingdom, the Yemeni armed forces once again targeted Abha Airport on Saturday in retaliation for the continuous Saudi aggression on Yemen. The spokesperson of the Yemeni armed forces, Brigadier General Yahya Sariya, announced that the attack operation on a military target at Abha Airport with a Samad 3 drone was accurate. Sariya took to Twitter saying this was a retaliatory attack in response to the aggression's raids, military escalation, and continuous siege on the Yemeni people. This retaliation followed a busy week for the Yemeni armed forces where they targeted sensitive military sites at Abha International Airport and King Khaled Base in Khamis Shait with three Qasif 2K Yemeni-made drones. That also followed another retaliatory attack targeting the airfields of warplanes at the airport itself with Samad 3 and Qasif 2K bomber drones achieving accurate strikes according to the armed forces. The latest attack at Abha Airport suggests the Yemeni armed forces will continue a high tempo of cross-border operations against Saudi Arabia in an attempt to push the Saudis to stop their continuous aggression and blockade. In the meantime, Saudi occupation forces in eastern Ma'rib began to withdraw gradually after the Yemeni armed forces approached the city. Yemeni armed forces stepped up offensive against the last stronghold of pro-Saudi fighters in Ma'rib province following renewed clashes earlier last week. As fighting took place about 10 kilometers west of Ma'rib city, the Yemeni armed forces also captured the Kaufal military camp from coalition-backed troops in the north of the province. All these developments come one week after U.S. President Joe Biden announced an end to support of Saudi-led coalition operations in Yemen and halted some arms sales to the kingdom. However, since in no way that meant ending the Saudi aggression against Yemen, it seems the Yemeni armed forces will continue to take matters into their own hands to rid the Yemeni nation from Mohammed bin Salman's warmongering psychosis. Welcome to the Middle East Stream, I'm Marwa Osman. The missile force affiliated with the government of Sana'a targeted King Khaled Air Base in Khamis Mshait in the Asir region, southern Saudi Arabia, with a ballistic missile that has not yet been revealed. This attack came shortly after the Yemeni armed forces targeted last week the garrison of the warplanes at Abha International Airport with Samad 3 and Qasif 2 drones. Now, to discuss this issue that's happening in Yemen with us from London is Patrick Henningsen, who's the founder of the 21st Century Wire. Thank you for being with us, Patrick. How do you see see these fast-paced retaliatory developments in Yemen against the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia? I mean, will this Yemeni strategy finally push Mohammed bin Salman to a place where he would stop the attack against the people of the Yemen and the aerial, the sea, and the land blockade against an entire uh, nation? Or will it actually push him further for more war crimes? Yes, this is a, a long-burning question that uh, people have been asking themselves now for the last five years. So uh, certainly this, it's, uh, it's a game-changer, the asymmetric aspect of how this conflict has developed. And it seems to have uh, gone into the favor of the resistance, um, Ansarullah in this case, or the Houthis as they're known uh, in, in the West, uh, by the West. So, but in terms of how committed Saudi Arabia is uh, in the face of all of these things that are really going against 
uh, the war that they've been prosecuting now for going on six years. It really depends on the long-term agenda. Uh, what, what is the long-term agenda of Saudi Arabia? But more importantly, what is the long-term agenda of those backing Saudi Arabia, the more uh, powerful countries uh, in the West, like the United States, like Britain, like France, that are really backing uh, this effort by Saudi and the UAE uh, in this war that doesn't make any sense on the surface, but certainly there is a, a, a geopolitical and geostrategic uh, objective uh, in the back. They're just not talking about it right now. So it depends how committed uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman is to that long-term agenda, which we're not completely clear about. Well, the spokesperson of the Yemeni Armed Forces, Brigadier General Yahya Saria, uh, announced that the surface-to-surface -surface ballistic missile, which was used against Abha Airport, was actually and which targeted, uh, I'm sorry, Khalid, uh, uh, King Khalid Air Base, uh, was of a new generation that has not yet been revealed by the armed forces. Now, the increasing Yemeni military capabilities here has really dumbfounded the leaders of the uh, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the Saudi-led coalition in uh, in all its entirety. However. Do you think that it will be enough to make the upper hand uh, in the war a Yemeni upper hand? I, th I think it already is uh, a Yemeni upper hand now because that southwest uh, region uh, in Saudi Arabia is completely exposed. And that's really down to uh, a revolution in military affairs. Uh, really benefiting uh, the Yemeni resistance in this case, the Yemeni forces uh, there. So it, it, when you have a cruise, cruise missile or surface-to-surface -surface cruise missile technology, even a basic technology or capability, um, that means that you know there's whole regions there in Saudi, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia that are not going to be uh, safe. In other words, the kingdom can't can't guarantee the security of its own people. And when you have that situation uh, in a conflict in such close quarters, certainly uh, then the uh, the ruling regime has to think about uh, whether they're going to have the, the people supporting them on this. And what does that mean for a government that's uh, you know constantly in, in flux and, and currently in, in somewhat of turmoil? Uh, I think that's, that's without question. Um, so are they going to be able to continue prosecuting us in the face of that? Probably not for a long period of time. I think they're really uh, playing, a, a, they're gambling uh, in Riyadh right now. They're gambling that somehow this is going to turn out uh, better than it is. I think this war was meant to be done and dusted uh, probably around 2016, 2017, and it's just gone from bad to worse mm -hmm. uh, for Saudi Arabia and those powers that are allying and backing it. What was really interesting this week, though, Patrick, was that alongside the uh, drones, the bomber drones attack against uh, Saudi military bases, we also saw an advancement for Ansarullah and the Yemen armed forces in Ma'rib city, that's uh, in Ma'rib province in the northern part of the country. Uh, but what happened, and which was uh, very uh, interesting, really, that they reached an agreement there. Ansarullah reached an agreement with the tribal sheikhs in Ma'rib city, which uh, ended up neutralizing two fronts, that's the western and the southwestern parts of the uh, Ma'rib city. The Yemeni armed forces are advancing fast, to be honest with you, both for their uh, military maneuvering and for the agreements that they are uh, uh, doing and they are signing with the tribes of Ma'rib. How did the Saudis not see this one coming after occupying the area for five years? Didn't they know that the sheikhs were actually not going on along with them? 
this this is the story for any occupation uh, in, in, in a situation like this. It's only ever going to be short term. I mean, Marib is probably regarded as the heartland, if you will, of of Yemen, and that's the, that's really the last stronghold in the north. Uh, for Saudi Arabia, UAE, and its its coalition there, and they're really just hanging on by threads. I mean, desperately begging uh, the people to uh, help them from these uh, invaders <laughs> coming from the hills. But but really, it's just a question of uh, there was it's attrition. They you you can't occupy uh, a foreign country or or a region like that forever. Uh, and so this, they're calling it the internationally recognized government, if you noticed, uh, and that's the international line on the, the government in Yemen, the Western-backed, Saudi-backed government. And they're saying internationally recognized government forces are trying to maintain the hold of Marib. But the, the, it's, a lot of it is narrative. A lot of it is uh, international hyperbole oriented for a Western audience uh, to try to recharacterize this conflict into something that clearly it is not. And now reality is coming to roost. Uh, what's in, what's in also Marib. being oriented to the Western audience is the calls by uh, the new president, uh, the U.S. President Joe Biden, who was calling for an end of the war. By the way, he can't stop the war, but he just called for an end for the war and lifting the siege, banning the arms sales to uh, countries of aggression against Yemen. All of these things are actually good things. They are certainly positive. However, in Sadullah, the Yemeni armed forces, the upper hand in this war, they said that they are not ready to start any sort of talks until and unless the war stops and the blockade is lifted. Do you think Saudi Arabia will actually be okay with this? Will they accept this? And if they don't, if Mohammed bin Salman just continues with the war machine, what options do the Yemenis have? This is an incredible development. Just in a couple of days, I suppose the Biden administration will be lifting the terrorist designation for Ansar Rullah or the Houthis. Hopefully they do that accurately, by the way, that it's not split in some administrative interpretation of Houthis and the political uh, resistance and legitimate movement, which is Ansar Rullah. But that aside, uh, that's supposed to allow aid to come in. So keeping this embargo, uh, really using starvation as a weapon, I think that's kind of Saudi Arabia and the United States is in the background. They've been helping all along with this. Uh, but now Biden, who under Obama started this war, we can't forget, in March of 2015. Now they're doing a pivot because clearly it's not gone well. So uh, the, the natural progression here is going to be the narrative will come out in the West. Both sides are morally in the wrong and the people are suffering. So we need to broker a ceasefire. And of course, the United States, the Biden administration is positioning itself to be that broker uh, to great international recognition and fanfare and so forth. But really, what, are they, what do they want at the end of this? Clearly, the U.S. wants to balkanize Yemen. And I think that was the, uh, the objective from the beginning is to partition the country like they tried to do in Libya but failed, like they tried to do in Syria but failed, like they successfully did in Sudan in 2010. So the, to, to keep Yemen from being a self-sufficient, independently governed country and a really key choke point there in the Gulf of Aden uh, for international trade going forward for the next hundred years. Mm -hmm. That's what I think the, the agenda is. We'll see if it actually plays out. Definitely. We're, it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks to come to see if this war will come to an end or this is just a bargain that the Biden administration is trying to maneuver around with Mohammed bin Salman for certain gains for the U.S. empire in the region of West Asia.
I want to thank you very much, Patrick Henningsen, for being with us. You are the founder of 21st Century Wire, being with us from London to talk about the military capabilities for the Yemeni armed forces against the aggression of Saudi Arabia. Thank you for being with us. Now, please stay tuned because next we are going to talk about a decade of revolution in Bahrain.